Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're mm, talking about languishing. Sigh. Meh. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are here on the land of the Coast Salish people. It is a rainy but beautiful land, and we are gratefully sitting on it. So welcome to this episode of Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, where we are going to talk about ease, meaning, and joy for women at work with all sorts of intention and excitement <laughs> and all the things. So thanks for being here, despite my Despite my intro, right? I know, right? We're going to be all excited, even though we're talking about languishing. Languishing. I also want to just stop for a second and acknowledge that you said we're on the land of the Coast Salish people. Did I slur it? No. Well, maybe. But we were, you were, and you said we're just sitting on it. And I was just picturing us. (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting on it. We're just sitting on it. We're just sitting on it talking about languishing. Languishing. Yes. But before we do, you know, this is an interesting time of year coming off of... Memorial Day weekend and staring down spring and summer and dealing with all manner of newness and change and anticipation and maybe hope. And you and I were having a, I think we were having a pretty good conversation, a pretty fairly decent conversation about this before we hit record. Yeah, it was like, I. it's graduation time, right? There's all of these people graduating from high school and college yep. and grad school and Times of big change, big opportunity. And, you know, we're in the, we're like, we're, well, in the Northwest, we're still in spring. I mean, in other places in the world, you're heading into summer, but, or maybe the opposite, but in the Northwest, we're like, you know, just in like deep up to our elbows yard work. Oh my God. I tell you this every time of year, this time of year is like, like you said, just like big change, big, um, People are marking changes in their lives in big ways. And for me, spring is always marking this internal process that I have to go through. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think I said this to you earlier, winter, like the turn of the year, right? December of the new year is always a time for me to look at goal setting and intention. Yep, and whatnot. Me too. Me too. Springtime is a annual reminder that my expectations need to be tempered and that I need to start making choices about what is important to me and not get swept away by all of the chores. My workload doubles in the spring because my yard just goes, you know, batshit crazy. crazy. Yeah. And so I have to like constantly remind myself, Krina, it's okay to have weeds in the garden calm down like you can't have a clean house and a perfect yard and work for and, hours happy and, cli- and, and satisfied clients yeah and yeah. satisfied me like oh yeah mm-hmm. gotta calm down it's an interesting I just love it the way you always remind me oh and Kirsten they're satisfied me <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, and the clients, and you're like, oh, and satisfied me. I'm like, oh, that's right. I keep forgetting, Karina. Thank you. I'm over here like waving a flag. But I, what about you and me? No, it's interesting. Like this times of change. It's so spring is also time of change and renewal, mm-hmm. renewal and and change. And we're all going through. I mean, we're constantly going through change, but it's fun to remember and also have our own personal experience with how we're managing and dealing with and continuing to learn or reminding ourselves of things. Do you get... There are these times, these annual times of year, the beginning of the year, spring. I have another kind of one when school starts. You know, I have another kind of energy around school starting. But I'm also just struck by recently in my life how there have been these opportunities for change in me that are just kind of random. 
If I'm just got my eyes open and I'm aware enough and I'm willing to slow down and listen, like I've had some really interesting learning that I feel has motivated some change in me. Do you want to say anything more about that? Oh, it's painful, right? Like it's always, for me anyway, that's I want to say always, but I find often some of my better growth comes through pain. Uh Like if I'm in an uncomfortable situation with someone, which I have been recently, but if I'm willing to sit in it and really like think it through, feel it through, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, KB, there's something you can change. Like there's something about myself I can change. And there's this great joy and optimism and hope about it. So even, I mean, it does feel very springy, very new, very growth oriented. And so I just really, I mean, I'm sure other, I'm sure our listeners have these experiences too. They're just juicy yummy. Even though they began in pain, by the end of them, when you get through them, it's like, oh, and then it's totally worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth it. It's interesting, too, because what you're saying is some internal process, but in some cases it's triggered by a series of events, right? Yes, and it's something external. Yeah, something external. And sometimes it's just uh, triggered by uh, just a shifting expectation for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love that you're going through – yeah, I love that you're going through your own personal process. Of course, I am, too, I just said. And it's so great because one of the things that I felt about it is – I've done a lot of personal work. I've spent a lot of years in therapy. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, been in the working world a really long time, you know. Since so the olden days. Since the olden days, as I say. It's true. I walked into my first day of work and there was a fax machine that just got delivered. I mean, holy cow, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, before computers. Be- before, well, though they were computers, but whatever. It was the olden days. It Let's was. just be clear about that. <laughs> it was the olden days. But my point is that I was like, oh, no, KB, there's still a bunch of stuff you need to take care of. Yeah. Which is really, for me, it feels optimistic and fun and exciting and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of the opposite of languishing. Oh, my gosh. Languishing. Okay, we're going to move into languishing. But I just I have to tell you, I think I've said I'm listening to Jane Austen <laughs> yes. books on tape all the way through. Okay. I know this sounds crazy, but it's so wonderful. It's just like water on parched earth. It's a one, she's wonderful. So Jane Austen has this one book, Mansfield Park, with this character, Mrs. Bertrand. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to this on tape, right? And we're playing this this languishing episode. She is the epitome <laughs> Of languishing. At one point, I just burst out laughing because she says to her niece, Fanny, I'm too tired to get up from the couch to look out the window to see if the children are returning from the ball. And I burst out laughing. Oh my God. Because that's how every thing that she talks about is she just can't muster the energy she can't do it at one point the children say (laughs) at one point even the children say oh mother went outside today and she says and it was exhausting (laughs) i mean she's she's languishing that lady mrs bertram is languishing she is languishing with a capital l and in fact uh, if we were to revisit the or to visit the definition of languishing, if you don't mind, it really is this condition. It's the absence of mental health. Mm-hmm. It's characterized by apathy and listlessness and loss of interest in life. So absolutely she is. She is just 
she is just laying on the couch, can't quite mm-hmm. get it together, sister. Can't quite get it together. There's nothing that excites her. She doesn't even take her children to the balls because she's not interested in them having, like, setting them up with their, you know, their little marriages things they were doing. Yeah. All of that. She has to send her sister because she's so disinterested. <laughs> and that is so funny, too, because really languishing is like, it's this dis- disinterest. It's mm-hmm. the blah. It's the <laughs> meh. It's the reason why I introduced this, the subject with sort of that, huh. Because <sighs> it's not awesome and it's not terrible it's middle of the road Mm -hmm. just it's mrs bertram like i can't really you know i can't even be bothered to be upset let alone nor happy neither one exactly i can't be bothered to be happy or 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 upset that's a really good way of describing it you know in the definition though they have they use a word that i don't know what it is what is ennui I knew you would know. I love it. Okay. I love this word. I used to think it was a sexy word. (laughs) I used to think ennui meant sexy. I don't know why I thought that. It does not. Oh, you thought it meant sexy? I thought it meant like sexy. Like she has an ennui, like a sexiness or a sultriness. It does not mean that. (laughs) It means listlessness, list, list, listness, dissatisfaction from like a lack of something to do of... Um, any excitement in your life, that's what ennui means. Okay. Yeah. Just so another it's way. not sexy. It's a, no, it's not sexy. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought, oh, that's what ennui means, but it doesn't. No. Mm-mm. So it's an interesting, okay, so I love that word, and essentially it's Isn't like a, great a synonym word? for mm-hmm. languishing. For all of these things. And and the reason, so languishing, you know, again, it's just this, like this blah that's not great, not horrible. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I read an article by Adam Grant, who kind of introduced this notion at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. in a in the a New York Times article that blew up for him. What he discovered after publishing this article was that Everybody. everyone yeah. could relate to this. Yes. Um, emotion. And my belief is that the reason that, so we'll talk about this more later in the episode, but my belief is that the reason this blew up during the pandemic is because we are all under some kind of chronic stress. Yeah. Even if it is just, I'm afraid I'm going to get COVID and get really sick. Right. Like people had all kinds of things going on, but all of us shared that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really ex- excited today to explore not only in a little bit more depth what languishing is and what it feels like both at work and in your personal life. Yeah. Um, we'll also touch on kind of some of the things, the reasons why you want to pay attention to languishing, mm-hmm. because it does lead to, but has the potential to lead to some other um, manifestations in your in your life psychologically and physically and then certainly we're going to cap it all off with some ideas about what to do about languishing because of course ease meaning and joy thank you for the roadmap is the opposite of language exactly <laughs> thank you for the roadmap you're welcome friend. i listener. love the roadmap i know so you know now at least you know what you're in for right now you know what you're in well, for see, today. now what you've really exposed is we actually have a plan Yes. That's what you've exposed. We do have a plan. Which is good for people to know, We don't know, always right? have a plan, people, just so you know. We usually have a rough... An idea. A, we have an idea. And now we really have to stick to it because you told them. <laughs> We've got some good thoughts down yeah in some, some intention anywho let's talk about language and what it looks like at work yeah and also it's interesting because you know this like aimless sort of joyless mm-hmm. you know etc um it it really does just kind of feel like and, and i've actually done this when someone says how are you doing and you're F- like fine i'm fine that's languishing i've actually said the sentence 
more often than I want to admit, I don't know, I'm not great, not terrible, just sort of okay. The one that I say is, "Mm, I don't have any complaints. Yeah. Like, which means I don't have any complaints, but I don't really have anything exciting to tell you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In fact, um, it's interesting, too, because it's like it feels like just getting through the day. Yeah. It feels like Mm. whatever. For me, I know you wanted me to talk about what languishing feels like at work. But for me, during my day, languishing feels like I, I, I sit on my chair and sort of just scroll on my phone. Oh, really? Yeah, like instead of getting up and being productive and, you know, doing the work that's in front of me or, you know, picking up that mess or making that thing or going for a walk, I'm just kind of like, eh, just sitting on my phone, reading the, reading the news for like a lot longer than I should. Interesting. Or playing games on my phone. Mm-hmm. Or just being willing to kind of have chips and salsa for dinner, you know, instead of make a big meal. Yeah. Or, Eh, it's the weekend. I'm just going to go to bed at 8:30. Who cares? To me, that's what languishing. That's, that's how, how that's how it is in your life. That's, that's how, how it manifests mm-hmm. in my life. How mm-hmm. about you? So, you know, I think that this is a really interesting question because yeah. honestly, I think that I do very little languishing because I create so much busyness. Ah, right. I don't do a lot of languishing because I create in my life a lot of busyness. But I do feel I do feel languishing. And for me, it's typically over the weekend Mm -hmm. when I cannot get excited or engaged about doing something interesting, Mm -hmm. particularly on a Sunday. So I'm going to say I'm a Sunday languisher. Do you think that's just rest? Maybe you aren't experiencing oh, languishing. No. It's not. It's not. Um, no, it's the it's the feeling. It's yeah. not the feeling of rest. It's the feeling of not being in any direction. I appreciate you saying that. And that is kind, friend. Hey, maybe it's just rest. Uh-huh. No, there's this weird thing I have over the weekend. I'm a weekend languisher. If I. Yeah, it all comes out in the weekends. Do you think your day, your busyness is masking? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you're just not noticing it necessarily, but you're all, mm-hmm. you still kind of have that feeling, but you're just being kind of catapulted from one be- yes. one activity to the next. Right. So you're not one noticing. urgent problem to the <laughs> one next. Urgent and, and important problem. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And so when you do slow down on the weekends, you kind of get this sense of stagnation. Yes. As if some I'm people in that say. kind of place in my life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Particularly on Sunday, I say I'm a Sunday languisher. Yeah, Sunday languisher. How about you, listener? How about you? <laughs> no, but yeah. Okay. So like looking through, somebody said they, it feels like they're looking through their life sort of through this foggy windshield muddling through their day Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you said not motivated so when you do that when you feel that way about your work when you are when you are attempting like me on some of these days to actually get things done rather than allow yourself the extra hour you know watching Netflix in the afternoon actually that doesn't happen but yeah like the extra time doing nothing because you can't really gen up the energy at work, that starts to manifest itself with some feelings of disconnectedness and really feeling disassociated, disconnected from your work and disassociated from your coworkers. Mm-hmm. So for some folks, you know, it's like you hear everybody kind of talking about their day. You don't want to engage. You know, there's the whatever staff get together. You don't want to go. 
Uh, it's also characterized by just feeling irritable. This is my this is my flavor of choice. Yeah. Irritability. Yeah. Yeah. When I feel like I'm languishing at work, I'm irritable with people. And that's how I know. Ooh, KB. It's like a thermometer. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you're just your tolerance goes down. Oh, my tolerance goes down. I'm irritable. Um, I think other people can ex- be feel confused or sad or um, about, you know, everybody has that kind of different reaction in those moments. And yeah. mine goes to irritability. Thank you, dad. It goes to irritability. <laughs> Some people and I this is for me, I think um, languishing is really just that difficulty focusing and mm-hmm. not necessarily remembering, although when I came off of COVID and I felt like I had, co- you know, and I had COVID brain. I think I was also languishing. languishing. Yeah. I couldn't focus. I couldn't remember things. I was a little, you know, I was procrastinating. I find that things take, take me longer. So I think that's fair to focus. But I, what I find is I flip around a lot. Like I can't, like when you say you don't focus for me, it's like, not that I'm on something and drifting. Mm. It's that I pull my attention in too many places turn my attention to too many things. Oh, I see. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, what are you doing? Can you just finish this email before you try and start the next one? Or you are supposed to be writing this letter. What are you doing entering your time? You know, I mean, just like my I'm fractured. Yeah, I'm fractured. It's interesting to me, too, that the definition of languishing is just this feeling of blah. Right. It's just like like it's a psychological just middle of the road flat line in a way. Mm-hmm. And what the way it shows up in our jobs is kind of unfocused and and pissy and, you know, distracted and unmotivated and unexcited. And in some cases, even really cynical, cynical about yep. leadership, cynical about the situation. To me, a lot of that. Well, some of that feels like. Poverty mindset. No. Yeah. Like scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset. The opposite of abundance mindset. It's like everything's happening to me and it kind of sucks. It's interesting that kind of dynamic, right? Yes. That you can just like physically, like you can mentally be middle of the road, but at work it kind of turns into really not a great experience. It's really not a great experience. And as, as I said, I have a hard time feeling languishing at work, like feeling the feelings at work, but I definitely see the behavior, the symptoms, the symptoms, right? I can feel it. Like I said, my Sunday language, but I don't feel feel that I'm just because I'm so whatever's happy. We talk about this all the time, my work stuff, but that's what we talk about all the time is my work stuff. But anyway, I can definitely, the symptoms of my languishing tell me, oh, you're languishing. Yeah. So right. on Sunday, when mm-hmm. you've calmed down enough and you've slowed down enough, you can actually feel exactly. the deeper yes. emotion. <laughs> exactly. But during the workday, when you're a bunny rabbit, you're right. just noticing the behavior. And I need to, when the, if for, like I said, for me, it is that that cynical, critical, irritable. Yeah. yeah. You know? Kind of not tight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting, too, because I think we can also recognize this in each other and our coworkers. Oh, yes. You know, I think that's a good call out mm-hmm. that there there might be something going on with that person right. who can't focus or get their shit together. Mm-hmm. They might discover it on Sunday when they're laying around with can't be bothered to go look out the window like Mrs. Bertram. It's so funny. Yeah. In your personal life, though, languishing feels a little bit different when you're you know, doing the Sunday language, mm-hmm. according to research that, that sort of people experience um, outside of work, kind of a feeling of emptiness, 
or I think what's been coined like as the existential crisis. Which is absolutely me. It's the existential crisis. Who am I and what am I doing? Yeah. How do I find myself here? What's happening? I notice this. Um, sometimes I feel like, and I've said this phrase um, a fair bit lately. God, I feel like I'm shining the brass work as the ship goes down. That feels like an oh, existential crisis to yeah. me. Like, what am I doing that has meaning? meaning. I'm just going through the mm-hmm, motions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, people who are languishing kind of, again, in their personal life, they feel like, yeah, they can't really describe their feelings. Not, you know, I have really a lot to look this forward to. This is very to. true for me on Sundays. Is it? This is like, the, I'm, this really is this, and I'm, it is the week, whatever, the weekend, the Sunday, whatever. But this like f- negative feeling, but not being able to fully embrace, like I'm not depressed, mm-hmm. right? I'm not depressed. Yeah, I do experience joy in my life sometimes, right? Or I know there that that that's out there, but it is this kind of it's almost like a discomfort and a lack of settledness. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that part of languishing is an unsettledness and a lack of satisfaction, which matches really well to the definition because it's an absence of well-being. Yeah. And so I really do feel that absence of well-being. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember having, um, I remember, yes, I remember you, maybe it was you that was talking about this, like saying, I still can go experience joy, but it just doesn't stick. Yeah. Right? It's Mm -hmm. fine. I can go go through the motions. It just doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't create well-being, yes, it doesn't have the same effect on me as when I'm not languishing, mm-hmm. for, perhaps. Yeah, it's interesting because now we're digging into this. I'm thinking, who the hell isn't languishing in my life right now? That's the one of the reasons we started to talk about yeah. this is because so many people we knew, particularly in our families, were languishing. Yeah. Oh my God, I think about um, the kids. Like we talked about graduation, you know. My, I have a college student who's been languishing for years, I feel like, because he's just sort of like not psyched and kind of aimless. Where's the traction? Where's yeah. the motivation? Where Where is he headed? What's exciting? What's interesting? Because online school is not no. great for so many people. And a lot of work workers are going mm-hmm. through that as well. Mm-hmm. Shit, who isn't languishing, Katie? It's a lot, it's a lot of languishing. It's a lot of languishing. So, But, you know, because I do like to do this, I just really want to talk, though, for a minute about what it looks like when you're not languishing. Yeah, what's the opposite? Okay, so flourishing, right? Yeah, That's what it is. It's flourishing. And so in an article in Batter Up, Dr. Lynn Suits, and she says this so beautifully that I literally copied it out of her article because I love the way she says it. Flourishing is the pursuit and engagement of an authentic life that brings inner joy and happiness through meeting goals, being connected with life's passions, and relishing in accomplishment through the peaks and valleys of life. And I just love this, yeah. right? It's got all the things yes, in yes, there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that You've again. got, okay. Tell us what we, what the, we got. The pursuit and engagement of an authentic life. Yeah. So authentic. Authenticity. Mm-hmm, authenticity. That brings joy, inner joy and happiness through mm-hmm. not red wine. Damn it. Whiskey. Nope. Not cheese. brown liquor. <laughs> not cheese. <laughs> Not even coffee, oh. although I think that's a push, through meeting goals, yep. being connected with life passions, yep. and relishing in accomplishments through the peaks and valleys of life. Yeah. So connection, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Goals, yep. 
passion, things you care about. Yeah. And I love it that it also includes peaks and valleys. Yeah, me too. Because she's saying relishing in the the accomplishments through Mm -hmm. peaks and valleys, just like we were saying. Ups and downs. And I love it about this because it always gives me hope too. Flourishing is not a state of being. Mm -hmm. It is not a static thing. It is a process. Yeah. Right. And I always feel like that makes me so hopeful because I'm not expected to always be there. Yeah. Right. I'm just moving in that. I'm in that process. And so there will be valleys. There will be things that are hard or difficult, but you can still flourish in the midst of those things. Right. It's how you manage or deal with it. Mm -hmm. So again, opposite of languishing where it's it's flourishing, you're going in languishing. You're, you're experiencing the same exact things that you're probably experiencing during flourishing. The difference is how you experience them, Mm -hmm. whether or not you get excited or you're just constantly ambivalent would be, you know, um, languishing. And if you're experiencing life's, ups and downs in in a flourishing mindset you're happy you're able to find the silver lining and there are yep and there but there are things that get in the way of flourishing and i would say and we're going to get to that later on in the episode but there's stuff besides our mindset that gets in the way of flourishing yeah yeah yeah. um this is not just something we control with our mindset although it's a very powerful thing our minds yeah, our minds. Yeah, but our the beha- most yeah. powerful muscle. behaviors that you I- engage in can help arrest the languishing phase and get you into more of a flourishing mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. So languishing is this like middle state, as we've said before. It's not full blown depression. Mm-hmm. It's not full blown anxiety. Right. But you know, it's not full blown um, PTSD. However. Research suggests that those who are currently languishing, if you are feeling this way, you are actually more likely to experience major depression and anxiety disorders in the next decade. So if you are feeling this languishing now, I'm going to say it again, you are in a higher risk factor, a risk, risk, yeah, risk factor. You have a higher risk factor for depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Mm-hmm. For a more serious mental health issue. For condition. more serious mental health issues. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, somebody said the people who are languishing now are the people who are going to be depressed four years from now. Mm-hmm. And so we have... Which is really scary. That is scary. Like, that's a very scary piece of data. Yeah. We have a responsibility to ourselves. and for, We have a responsibility to ourselves to recognize this emotion now. Mm-hmm. or this experience now and take active steps to address it. And, you know, if, if for no other reason, then it doesn't necessarily just magically go away. And just to cite a few other statistics, a recent study, a 2021 study, took a look at about 3,600 participants, um, kind of, you know, middle to late adulthood. And they recognize that people who were in a languishing state had like a 49. So I'm just kind of restating the same thing, but they were nearly 50% higher risk of developing depression when compared to someone who was just sort of had moderate well-being. So we're not even saying like you have to move from languishing to flourishing. Mm-hmm. We're saying if you can move the needle just to moderate well-being, just to moderate well-being, it is, um, Protective. It's protective. It's protective from later anxiety or depression. Yeah. Before we, I just want to 
talk about some of the things that I read that I found really interesting about why it is we get here. Yeah. Right. Why it is we get to languishing. And I was like, why is this happening so much right now? Why is this this big topic? And Mm -hmm. I really think it is that the pandemic and to the extent that we're still in it has caused people a tremendous amount of stress. Sure. Right. Even if you're not, you know, doing online school with your kids or your kids can take care of themselves or you're not trying to juggle your job and your child care, all of the things, right? Everybody is experiencing this kind of concern over COVID, mm-hmm. right? We obviously have all of the things that happen in our world, politics, all of that stuff. I think there, I think what my takeaway was after doing all that reading, I think that this chronic stress that we're in is a big factor in languishing. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the reasons we're here right now is because there's just so much stress in life. Yeah. It's almost like a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like at some point, you know, it's almost like... um, I'm just going to shut her down because there's too much coming in. Yeah. It's like um, caregivers get compassion fatigue. It's almost like our bodies... And that's one of the stats I read too, is that caregivers, because they have all of that stress and sometimes PTSD from their experiences... They're they're suffering from languishing as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's this period. Like mm-hmm. it's like your it feels to me like a coping mechanism for your brain. Yeah. Like I can't handle being at a you know, on a at eleven for of stress, you know, for an extended period of time. So I'm just gonna stop feeling it. I'm yeah. just gonna get to that middle of the road place and just you know, bear bear down and try to get through it. Right. As opposed to really reacting, responding, and engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any other reasons that you read that you believe leads to this chronic languishing that's happening worldwide Um, now? Well, I think for most of us, it's stress, but there are like trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma can lead to languishing as well. And I know that there are people who've experienced trauma. Um, You can get, um, one of the things I read said that we've been watching people get sick, die, lose jobs and homes and, Mm -hmm. you know, plans for the future, whether it was the graduation that got canceled a year ago or whatever it was. And that leads to desensitization. Yeah. So I think it is what you're talking about is that your brain is a coping mechanism, which is I'm going to desensitize because I can't manage all of this. Yeah. I also think that with the pandemic has also come some other things that have led to this languishing isolation, such as yeah, isolation, Mm -hmm. lack of ability to really engage with the larger community to find you know, to get out of our brains a little bit and engage with other people, build relationships and explore things that are interesting for us. Um, and, you know, which kind of leads to how to deal with languishing yep. in a way. Mm-hmm. So according to Adam Grant, he, he he references in a TED talk that is in our show notes, um, he references a study that looked at the ways to deal with languishing. And, you know, when people are languishing, we go, you know, this is how the conversation goes. Hey, Kirsten, how are you doing? Mm, Good. Fine. Oh, just fine. Come on. You have a great life. Look at all the good things that are happening. Right. So we tend to try to pump people up and say, look at the positive. And according to Adam Grant, he's like, yeah, that doesn't work. Who wants that? Well, first of all, I know that, you know, what you should do is think about what, how great your life is. That's bullshit. But he's saying when we ask people who are languishing to try to focus on the positives, they can't. Their brains aren't like wired to do that. And so then they feel even shittier. 
Right. Because they're like, I don't know. There's actually not that many great things and, to think or about. Or they think I'm a bad person because I don't appreciate the good yeah. things in my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, super helpful. So that's not helpful. So he says the, the one of the best ways that you can kind of tackle languishing is to find activities that give you flow rather than try to focus on the positive. Now, I think this is interesting because I thought gratitude could solve everything. Yeah. And and I still think it's good. Like, I just still think gratitude is good. Yeah. But it's not always the answer. No. It, right. And so Adam Grant is saying, if you can find flow, and there are a couple of elements, um, there's a couple of things that sort of um, lead to flow, then that's one really good thing that you can start to do to arrest this languishing. And he's saying, you know, the three things that to get yourself into flow is to, to focus on a small goal. And I'll talk a little bit more about these if we want to, but focus on a small goal that's achievable. Give yourself uninterrupted time to work on those things. And then think about ways that you are making a difference in your life and in other people's lives. And when you can kind of couple, when you can package all of that together, he maintains that you get, you kind of get your mindset into more of a flow state rather than a languishing state. And the flow state is the place where you are more able to, and more able to experience the joy, the things that come with flourishing, accomplishing a goal, being connected to others. That makes a ton of sense because I know he's a big flow guy. Yeah. Right. He's a big flow guy. So the fact that he's saying, hey, flow can get you out of this, yeah. I think. And I love the way he says, focus on a small goal. Mm -hmm. Focus on something small. Give yourself some time mm -hmm. and make sure it has meaning to other people. Yeah. And it's weird because it could be as simple as the wordle. The New York Times game that's like yes. taking us by storm. My right family, now, right? we do that. My family, I do right? that. Where you like just focus. It's a small task. You're gonna you're gonna accomplish it every day. You're going to give yourself uninterrupted time to focus on it and feel good about your accomplishment. It's just hard enough, and hopefully, you're gonna solve it. And then, in your case, sharing it with others mm -hmm. and creating a connection and 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 something that you're gonna repeat time and time again. That actually is, in his research, the key. Doing that as you know, as as many times as you can throughout the day. And I think that that makes it that makes a ton of sense to me because I know that, and this is something we've talked about before. You know, a predictor of your joy and satisfaction at work is whether you have a sense of progress at work, a sense of accomplishing something, yes. a sense of providing, you know, some kind of impact contribution, right? Sure. And if I know this, right? Like if you can find the thing, give yourself some time to do it. It impacts other people. It's just more of the same. And it kind of kickstarts you out of whatever blah phase you're in into a more engaged status. Yeah. Yes. And it's like you were saying earlier, you know, you're flipping from billing your time to send in the seam, like you're never quite accomplishing mm -hmm. anything. Exactly. I'm not accomplishing anything. Nothing is getting yes. done. And while I'm doing it, I feel um, it's completely disengaged. Languishing. Yes. You feel like you're languishing. Yes. And so in that case, if you were the opposite of that would be Tune out the distraction, mm -hmm. focus on the one thing you have to do, it, do it in an uninterrupted setting and recognize the good that you are providing either to yourself or others while you're doing it. That is 
the opposite. That that is the those are con- the conditions that create the opposite of languishing. I guess flourishing. And it seems to me that when we're in that languishing place, what we want to do is to press repeat on that, mm-hmm. right? It just to press repeat. Like, uh, okay, yeah. let's try and do this. Let's do this once. Let's try and do it again. Maybe I'll do it in my kitchen tonight. Not, you know what I mean? Like, yes. sometimes even for me, like just finishing one thing in a way that feels good to me can really shift my whole outlook on things. Yeah. It's a weird deal. And I think fundamentally it's because we as humans are meant to work in the world. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when my kids were in Montessori school and their Montessori teacher saying, you know, everybody needs meaningful work. Yeah. Talking about the two, the three-year-old. Right. And that has stuck with me like my whole life. Like we do need meaningful work. And when we're languishing, we're not able to engage in that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. And we're distracted and we're not and we're not seeing the meaning in the work that we're doing. And we're not even doing it particularly well. Mm -hmm. That leads to which leads to more feelings of like, "Eh, I don't know. Right. And honestly, meaningful work can sometimes even just be straightening up your office so if you have people in there that they can function with you or you know sometimes even at home it's like I'm going to clean out my silverware drawer Mm -hmm. and I'm going to feel so freaking good about that right yeah yeah. so it's just interesting to me the antidote yeah to languishing is to actually do the things to actually engage in activity Mm -hmm. not about oh be more grateful have a more abundant mindset. Talk yourself off the ledge. Yeah, no. It just is. No, just get get off your ass just and do the thing. Just get some shit done. Get off your ass and do the thing. And mark it like and check it off. Get get some shit done one thing at a time. You know, again, me sitting on that deck chair over there that you're now sitting just sort of scrolling on my phone. I can go from Instagram to Facebook to the New York Times to the stock market to our podcast analytics to my email account to the New York Times to the stock market. Like for an hour. I'm not reading anything. I'm just click, 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 just wasting time. But if I get up, come over to my computer and just like crank out that email or write another do something productive page on that report, it changes the way I feel. So this is, you know, this is. Adam Grant's um, suggestion about how to obviously take care of those emotions. You know, there are other things we can do, though, in addition to that. Mm -hmm. And I found this really interesting. Another expert suggested that just really normalizing these emotions. I love this one. Yes. I used to feel so bad about myself when I experienced my Sunday. And I don't have this language thing every Sunday, (laughs) just to be clear. But that's typically when I experience it. If I do, I used to feel so bad about myself. Really? Oh, like. Yeah, like you're ungrateful, you're whatever's what's wrong with you. You can't get, just cannot get it together. Right, 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 right. You have this Sunday, how are you spending it? And this idea that we, this, no, not this, it's a commitment. It's not an idea, it's a commitment that we accept, normalize, and don't beat ourselves up for feeling this way. Yeah, It's really, I've found, kind of a waste of time. Oh, yeah. To treat yourself like shit. It's a waste of time to treat yourself (laughs) like shit. It really is. Yes. And and these people are saying not only is it just like helpful to normalize these emotions, talk about them with your friends, talk about them on a podcast, you know, talk about them at work. It's also, you know, people are languishing because they're not getting these kinds of human positive human interactions simply by normalizing these emotions and having the conversations with friends, coworkers, loved ones, etc. You're also creating connection 
which then leads to arresting this languishing yes. feeling. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you know, tr- treating yourself like shit isn't that productive. No, it really is not productive. No. Other things, though, especially around like languishing at work, you know, other people suggest stop, you know, in, in addition to doing more work, getting engaged in your life mm-hmm. and in your work on a daily basis, there's also a real benefit to taking time off. The break. The break. We come back to your really, I think, which is like, you know, your thing in the world, which is people take time off of work, get away, yeah. do something meaningful, have an adventure, relax, rest, whatever it is. Yeah. But it is not this it's not the doing with the outdoing yeah which was what languishing is right you just are you're doing or experiencing or living without really living yes right or yes. experiencing yes right so pick one or the other either giddy up and do yourself an adam grant small task with meaning or get out and go on vacation yeah just cut it off th- right stop the pe- bleeding for a couple of days mm-hmm. and go focus on something else did you know 72% of americans skipped their summer vacation I in 2020 i knew you would have that statistic because that is absolutely insane to me it's ridiculous that is ridiculous and i want to say it wasn't me no, it was not me either. Was it me? You know, I'm a huge fan of time I, off. In fact, I just I came back. I have to say, I just came back from, well, a fabulous Memorial Day weekend getaway. Don't get me started. But before that, I spent uh, extended like five or six days in New Mexico with my mom and my sister. And in that, in both cases, my autoresponder on my email said, away from my desk, not checking email. So it wasn't like slow to respond or right, blah, blah, right, blah. Right. My rep- auto reply subject line said not checking email. Now, what was weird about that is that it gave I it gave me a different kind of permission than I normally give myself on vacations. It gave me permission to not respond to a goddamn thing. Yeah, I'm going to do that my next trip. It was really powerful. Mm-hmm. So I did still kind of tap in and and, and kind of see what was going on. But nobody on. had expectations. But I, you I, set expectations. I eliminated the expectations. Yeah, the autoresponder on email is like, it's miraculous. Yeah. And so take the vacation and then give yourself permission to maintain that boundary. Mm-hmm. That is also very important to arresting this languishing feeling, especially if it has to do with work. But you need to then on, be on vacation and focus on being on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's only there's one other uh, person who really studied flourishing rather than languishing. Dr. Martin Seligman. Seligman. Mm-hmm. Selig- Seligman. That's Seligman. it. Um, but he had some other thoughts or about really how you move again, move from languishing to flourishing, really focusing on, I think a lot of the things that we've already said, you know, having some positive emotion, uh, you know, feeling content, working towards that feeling of contentedness. In fact, he has an acronym, uh, PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Which reminds me of permaculture. Or permafrost. Whatever. Um, He says, yeah, P is positive emotions, um, really E is get in, you know, engaged in something that you enjoy. The R would be build relationships. M find meaning, and then A uh, really find sense of accomplishment. So I think that is kind of all of what Just, we've been saying, and quite a bit of what that Adam Grant, what Adam Grant talks about in yeah. finding flow. flow. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So you know, and I, I think you can ask yourself some questions really about about that. Like you know, to what extent am I feeling content? How often am I? 
you know, engaged in an uh, activity for an extended period of time and I feel feel really um, kind of tied to it. How are my relationships? Do I am I continuing to cultivate meaningful relationships with friends, coworkers, loved ones? Um, am I able to find meaning in my daily tasks, Mm -hmm. in my work? And then again, you know, do I have a sense of accomplishment when you can really kind of package all of that together and start to focus on kind of moving from eh to hell yeah, Mm -hmm. then you are, yeah, you really are moving away. And the thing about this episode, there's some things like in every episode, it seems that we, whenever we talk about these topics, there's something that I come away with and I'm like, wow, that's so great. Mm -hmm. Right. But, and the thing that I came away with on this one is languishing has always felt to me like it's been something that's difficult to do anything about. And that couldn't have been a wrong, a more wrong assumption. Yeah. In fact, Languishing may be one of the easier things to do something about because you can actually do things. Yeah. Right? Yes. Get up, do the thing, make the time, find something that you know is going to help other people. And it just was like, oh, wow, that is really hopeful. Yes. Because it is something we can absolutely do something about. And in little bits, too. Like that's what Adam Grant is talking about. Yeah. Just can be a little bit and then it builds on itself. Yeah. But that's what I loved about this episode was, oh, dag, I didn't think there was much you could do about Mrs. Bertram's ennui. (laughs) Turns out Mrs. Bertram, giddy up, there's a lot she can do. Yeah, just some small wins, honey. Just get up and clean out the silverware drawer. (laughs) It will have a huge impact on your mental health. Thanks for being willing to talk about this um, This subject too. Thank you. It was your idea. It was my experience in the world. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was my experience in the world. It just felt like, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell is going on with me? Let's figure oh. this out. And so, and again, trying to figure and it out. And now something you can do about it, like Let's a little solution. Yeah, exactly. So finding flow, finding connection, finding meaning um, in the small accomplishments and moving out of languishing is my goal for the spring, for the time of change. Why not? Love right? it. Why not? Love it. Thanks, Kirsten, for recording this Thanks, with Karina. me. Thanks, Karina. Thanks, listeners. Bye. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.